Welcome to the Parenting in the Thick of It show. I'm your host, Louise Clark, a certified parent coach and mum to three teenagers, a 13-year-old, a 15-year-old and a 17-year-old. Trust me, I know just how hard being a parent can be. There are times when it can all become a bit too much and leave us feeling at our wits end. Sometimes we need advice, a fresh perspective and a little bit of help. That's why I'm here and why I do what I do. And that's why I created this Parenting in the Thick of It podcast. Welcome to the show today. It's Friday and I was wondering what I would chat to you about today. And given it's Friday and coming towards the end of term, I thought I would discuss the subject of teenagers and drinking and smoking pot and what do we do? I was recently a uh, speaker at a parent evening where I coordinated an informal evening where parents could gather and discuss their concerns relative to their teenagers and where they're at in their life. And it is certainly a conversation to think about and anticipate having. Uh, with your partner, if you're if you're a single parent, you can think about this for yourself. But alcohol and drugs, they're almost a given. Most kids somewhere between the ages of, I want to say 15 to 19, but unfortunately the ages are getting younger and younger and 12 and 13 year olds are doing it, certainly high school, there is a good chance that they are going to experiment with drugs and alcohol. And our stance on it is a very intricate dance. And if you have teenagers and you've broached this subject at all, we can find ourselves kind of caught in the position whereby you want to have a conversation with them, but in having a conversation with them, you're almost telling them that you know they're going to do it. And if you know, if they know you, that you know they're going to do it, it almost can make them think that you think it's okay that they're going to do it. So it's a really fine dance. And until you've had these conversations, it might be something you haven't anticipated. So hopefully, if you haven't had conversations like this, this might help you. It's so tempting to say something like this. You know, we know you're going to do it. I did it. Dad did it. So we just want to chat chat to you about it. But in saying that, you're saying, well, it's okay. But at the end of the day, it's illegal. And if we as parents are condoning this, we're condoning illegal behavior. So what I like to do and what I have endeavored to do with my husband and our our teenagers is to always create the conditions where they feel safe to share. And this doesn't just happen overnight. This takes years. And the other thing as well that I think is really important is I deal with a lot of parents who almost expect their children to share everything with them. And I take a different stance on this. And I'm just opening your mind to it. I don't expect my children to share everything with me. Because I do believe there are certain things that are sacred to them. It's theirs to know and not for me to know. There's things I did that my parents never knew I did. And that's kind of a rite of passage as a child. There are also things 
that I did that I felt comfortable to share with my mum, even though I knew they were things that she would not agree with. And I think those are the conditions that I have, we have certainly set out to try and, and create in our home, that our children are always comfortable to come and share things with us. So have you planned for a conversation with your teenager about um or sorry have you have you had a conversation or have you thought about the the what you might say in the event that your teenager comes home under the influence of drugs or alcohol we had thought this through so we kind of you know a forewarned is forearmed we kind of knew it would happen because let's face it 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 does and we had a a rough plan of what we were going to do. We kind of knew how we were going to act in the moment, what we were going to say, what we were going to do, what we were going to do the next day. We had a plan. We'd thought about the consequences. And, you know, I, I invite you to think about this. And the the route that we took when it happened was we took the compassionate route because our son chose to come home and chose to tell us because he wasn't feeling well. And so at the end of the day, we were happy with his decision to come home. He made the right decision to come home and he made another right decision in not trying to sneak in and just go to bed. And he was very brave and courageous to come and share with us that he was under the influence of alcohol. So at that point, if we can walk in their shoes he was probably really nervous, very worried about what would happen to him. He was embarrassed at the condition he was in. And the last thing I believe he needed in the heat of the moment was for, for us to crap all over him for having done what he'd done. So instead, we took a compassionate stance. We supported him through his not feeling well. And we, 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 gave him what he needed. He knew absolutely that we did not agree with what he'd done. We, he knew it. There was absolutely no, no questioning that. The next day he was not feeling well. So he suffered the consequences of his actions fully, as far as I'm concerned. He, he was embarrassed at having been drunk. He was hung over the next day and felt terrible. So he suffered the consequences of it. And when he asked us if we were going to um, ground him, stop him going out, we took the, the, the decision not to. Because at the end of the day, if we had grounded him and stopped him going to one party or two parties, what would that have achieved in the long run? It would only have served to have made him bitter towards us. It would have perhaps made him resentful of what we were doing. And the next party he went to, it wouldn't change what he was going to do at the next party he went to because they will do what they're going to do. We hope that the way in which we dealt with it allowed him to, to really think twice about embarking in that kind of behavior underage and that he wouldn't do it next time. And so far, there hasn't been a next time. Um, so we trusted in him. 
that he was not going to participate in anything. Um, he knew that if he did, the, the, the consequences would change. So, you know, knowing he's now been to parties and he's handled himself well and he's come home when he should have come home and he's not had anything to drink, we've, we've commended that behavior because that's the behavior we, we want to see. So it's, it's really hard to, to dance this dance. And many parents that I speak to ask me what they should do. And it's really not for me to say, but the one question that many parents ask me is, should we just provide our 17-year-old with a couple of beers if he's going out at night? And I, my opinion is in this is that it's illegal. So I would never give my son two beers. When I ask these people why they want to give their child two beers, they say, because then at least we know he's drinking beer, not drinking anything else. And I look at them and I dip my head and I went, are you kidding me? You really think that giving him two beers means he's only going to drink the two beers? He'll drink anything he wants, plus the two beers you've given him. So at the end of the day, we can't control our children. You can give them two beers, but that doesn't mean they're only going to drink the two beers. In fact, they could give the two beers to someone who's already had a lot more alcohol and the beers were yours. They were given to your child who gave them to someone else. So I don't know what the the um, the legal stance is on that. So you, I would say tread very lightly on that and just always remind yourself it is illegal for underage children to be drinking. Um, before I finish, a couple of tips that have really helped us is that we tend to uh, try try and coordinate that we are on the pickup from parties. Because when your kids know that they're going to get into your car and have to have a conversation with you on the way home, it can influence their decision as to what they do at the party. The other thing we chose to do was to have a no sleepover rule um, for parties. So if there was a party on at someone else's house, there's no sleepovers at our house. And if the party's on at another friend's house and our kids are going, they don't sleep at the other friend's house. So it it helps you, uh, it stops you having someone else's drunk teenager in your house and you being responsible. And it also means that you're not having to put the responsibility of the the chance of your child having something to drink and being in someone else's house and someone else having to deal with them. So just the no no sleepovers for parties is something that really helped us. The other thing we do is whatever time they come home, we decide upon the time depending on what the circumstances and the situation dictate. It can be different for different things. So we don't have a rigid time that it's X time regardless. But what we are very rigid about is when uh, they come home after a party if they've made their own way home or they've had a ride home that they come into our room they sit on the bed and they have a conversation with us that means you are uh, you know exactly what's been going on you will get a, a feel for whether or not they've been drinking or doing drugs and you're having a conversation with them and them knowing that they have to come in and have a conversation with you that helps them make a better choice and it's an indirect direct way of helping them make that decision. 
And as, as kids get older and they come in later, it's very tempting to just say, you know what, we'll see you in the morning. But I think it's one thing I will not move away from because I think the, the, um, the advantages of doing so are enormous. So hopefully this conversation has opened up uh, your minds, perhaps got you curious about it if you've, if you've not yet got into this phase or stage with your kids and that you have found it useful and valuable. So if you have and you want to post a comment below, I would love to hear that. I also am always very appreciative of any sharing that you do. You can share the episodes on your social media platforms. If you have any questions, please email me at louise at yourparentingpartner.com. I'm always looking for things to talk about on the show. You can find me on yourparentingpartner.com. You've got a ton of blogs you can read. And if you're a watcher and you like to watch videos, I have a YouTube channel also called The Parenting in the Thick of It Show. Thanks. That's it for today. Thanks so much for listening. And I do look forward to being with you all soon. Bye for now.